Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Paul Navinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Our third co-host, uh, Tom Yashinsky, is not with us today. He's he's doing his youth camp as we speak. Hey, Paul, football practice starts in one week. Is this when you uh, experience your withdrawal pains now that you're a retired coach? Well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. I, I watch a lot of football. It was nice to see you at, at the All-Star game. So I get it that way. Um, you know, I've been coached. This will be eight seasons now I've been retired, which it, time flies. But one of the uh, benefits... Tom, that I think maybe you've experienced a bit, maybe Mike, our guest has, I get to go where I want to go. Like I said, I'm coming to one of your games this year. It'll be a 170-mile track for me, but it's worth it. I get to go where I want to go and do what I want to do, and I still stay attached to football that way. Going to the All-Star game was just wonderful. And speaking of the All-Star game, you watched the uh, North sweep the South and the all-star games. And I don't know that's ever happened before. And every, every game was lopsided. Paul, you must've been in ecstasy over that. Well, I think it was like 164 to 32, the score combined. You don't really see that. And we talked off camera. Uh, first of all, the, the game itself is amazing. I went to the eight man, um, eight person, I should say. And then the large and small and the crowd was awesome. I mean, it was hot. The crowd was awesome. Attendance was great. The play actually was pretty good. But, you know, when you get games like that, you generally, especially in the trenches, the interior people, the North had some some quality players that were able to run the ball when they wanted to run the ball. And you know this, Tom. Um, if you can run the ball and stop the run, you're going to probably win most games. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the uh, what's what's the gossip up north now with a week before practice? Anything going on that that we should know about? Well, you know that that whole um, from not from the spot holding penalty is going to be big, but the traditional teams, Stratford's going to be a powerhouse. They're yeah. they're going to be. I mean, they they want a state championship, lose two players, you know, barring any injuries. Edgar's going to be solid. Um, I think your traditional teams will be pretty good. We've been really lacking here in Division Wausau West, Division One talent. Wausau West will be pretty solid, but we're not able to compete with the Fox Valley or even the Big Rivers. In the Big Rivers, I, I think you'll see the traditional teams do well. River Falls has really been getting better. Um, yeah. we're, we're more in the north. Our small town football is really pretty good. And, and those family traditionals, like, like the Edgars, the Stratfords, the Amherst, they're, they're going to be solid um, every year. Well, we look forward to uh, the competition up north along with the south as the season is a week away. And, and I know that uh, you're going to keep me um, up to, you know, what's going on up there with football, and I always appreciate that. Hey, Paul, we got a very different show today, a, show, a different podcast today. We, we've taken on some really, like we like to call it, hot topics um, over our first 19 uh, podcasts. Uh, today's going to be different because it's going to be more laid back. It's probably going to be a little more entertaining in the sense of a few laughs, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, I approached 
uh, Time Warner Sports about having them a monthly WFCA TV show. Um, they were very interested in working with the WFCA, and it seemed that that show would become a reality. Um, we ran into some roadblocks on the format and when it would air. Long story short, we just couldn't agree on, on some things. So I, I turned my attention to radio. And um, when you're interested in doing primarily a local sports radio show highlighting high school, college, and youth football, there's only one man you talk to, and that's Mike McGivern. Mike was very receptive to a WFCA radio show and did most of the heavy lifting to get it on the air. With us today is the man who helped make the WFCA radio show a reality, big time Mike McGivern. Mike, welcome. It's been a while. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Coach. Uh, thank you. And, and Tom, it was really good to run into you over at a, a, a breakfast place yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And, and uh, it, it, you know, I miss spending uh, I miss spending time with you. It's always a, a highlight. And the fact that you're the head coach at Tosa East, you know, I, that's awesome. A boy can go home is what they say. Yes. And you're, you're uh, wearing that Tosa East hat, which I love. So congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, hey, Mike, hey, we Tom, a hey, Tom, can I tell you, when you walked in to our radio uh, station, and I tell people this story, and I think it's important, You, we sat in the conference room, and the first thing you said to me was, I believe that football's never been safer. You, the way we practice, the way we're teaching how to tackle, you know, it's never, it's, it's, it's still, it's a violent sport, right? It's a sport that kids get after it, but I believe it's never been safer and I don't know if everybody knows that. And I want to be able to tell that story on all of the things we're doing as coaches and, you know, coming down from the top to make it safer for our kids to participate in a sport that, that so many of us love. And that's what caught my attention because before, just prior to that, um, we had a president that said, if I had a, a son, I would never let him play football. And I think that that startled a lot of people. And when you came in, and I've had a tremendous amount of respect for you for a long time and said, Mike, it's never been safer. Let me show you and tell you all the things that we're doing. And I thought, boy, let's tell that story. And, and off we went running for, I don't know how many years we're on, but quite a few. Nine. Nine. Nine years. Yeah. Usually, yeah, certainly... people, usually people break up with me before that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, at that time. Um, and as you said, Mike, uh, football was getting so much bad press. It was just unbelievable the way football was getting hammered. And yeah, I mean, I, I really believed with, you know, rule changes and coaching techniques and the equipment has improved and acclimatization rules. I mean, all these things were being done to make football a much safer um, sport. And yet nobody was hearing that. So, you know, not only myself, but the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association really appreciate the fact that, that you were able to help us get that message across. Um, so if we look at the WFC radio show, you know, part of the reasons why I approached you, um, as I looked at what I thought the WFCA radio show could be, it kind of fit into the format of shows you were already doing. Yes. I mean, I like the way you do things, the way you work with guests and, you know, you get the, the information out there. Um, and I, I felt it was just a natural fit. 
Um, what were your thoughts at that time? Was this going to be like a, you know, a, a much different situation for you? Well, you know what, what helped me, Tom, is I'm so used to producing my own shows. So it's week after week. It's, you know, it's football and it's basketball during basketball season. And then during that time, every other week I was doing baseball and I was chasing the guests and, and booking the shows. You took that off my plate for those weeks. And that really helped me just kind of like take a breath and get geared up because, you know, come August, we'd make that transition and I would do, you know, football until the, basically the, the end of October. And I'd get back into then having to, to book the shows and chase the guests and make sure they're going to come in. And I know that wasn't the, you didn't enjoy it as, you know, it's not a real fun thing to do. But man, you took that off my plate and I really appreciated that. And then once I saw the direction that you guys wanted this to go and to highlight and promote and celebrate a sport that you guys love and all the things that happened in the off season, how hard the WFCA people work in the off season, I was shocked by that. And um, I thought we got into a really good rhythm of being able to promote the all-star game and promote the hall of fame and promote the clinic and, and do, you know, the combine, all of that stuff that we were able to promote. I, I just, and it was fun to be able to talk to guys throughout the state. As I look back Tom, the one thing that I'm really still disappointed, um, two things that I'm really disappointed that I was never able to get done is when I was at uh, the other radio station, we had a network and I don't, I don't know why I couldn't get the network throughout the state to start carrying this show because, you know, as, as Paul talked about up North, you know, in Edgar and, and, and smaller towns, we had some stations that covered there. And the fact that I couldn't get our management people to understand that the other thing that I'm still disappointed is we didn't get done being able to, to have the all-star games, not only on our station in Milwaukee, but throughout the state. And, you know, it was not from lack of trying. And you oh, know, I know that. Yeah. I, I The one day I was about to put my head through a wall, Tom. I, you know, we had all of it lined up. And then all of a sudden somebody out of Chicago came in and said, well, you don't have field mics. And I said, what? We don't need field mics for this, guys. This is don't don't overthink it. And it went from me having to talk to two people to seven to eight to nine. And I finally said, I, I don't want to do this. It's too much. Yeah. I know at that time and, and what Mike is talking about, um, he and I wanted to get the WFC All-Star Games on radio. Um, right. Obviously, there's a television broadcast and and, you know, working with Bally Sports for that. But uh, Mike and I felt like, hey, why can't we get this on radio, you know? And boy, Mike, he worked so hard to make had, that happen. Tom, we had the sponsors lined up. Yeah. we And we were going to pay to have a producer, um, you know, take a day off from where he was working and, and go up to Oshkosh and produce it all. And we had everything lined up and there was nothing but national programming going on. So we weren't taken away from Brewer post game or any of that. And I, I, I fancy myself as a pretty good sales rep. I certainly didn't do a very good job getting that thing sold. Oh, well, again, it wasn't from a lack of trying. Paul? Yeah, back, Mike, to your point, I did radio up here for seven years and it's local. 
and it's hard for them to go statewide because of these small communities. We did, it was an ESPN radio station, but we covered five conferences, mainly in Marathon County. And um, and a lot of people listen to it, but you're right. Really, some of this stuff should be statewide. And it's really hard to get that connection to break those local barriers. You know, Paul, we had um, Sparky, who works over at the other radio station, was, was really behind everything we were trying to do. But once you moved into you know, higher management, especially later in, in the years at that station. Um, and I don't need to name names, but the program director was from Chicago. And the first time I met him, he said, you know, one of my goals is to get your shows off the air. And I said, really, can I ask why? And he said, we don't talk high school sports in Chicago. And I said, we're in Milwaukee. We might as well be on the other side of the country than Chicago. We're so different. And he tried. He tried a number of times and um, was not successful at it until they completely took all local programming off the air. But there, there was such a big roadblock when, when I had to deal with him on any kind of local stuff. And, th and things have really changed up here because we're, we're there's Oleski Sports, which is a big video uh, place. And so radio is not adapting to that. Radio needs to do video and radio at the same time. Because I don't care what you say, radio is never really going to totally die because people are always going to be in cars. Right. They are. They're always going to listen to something to radio. When I travel, I'm always trying to find any ESPN sports program I can find. Right. And what's interesting is, you know, the local grassroots stuff that, that, that when Tom and I did this show and we, you know, Dan Brunner came and Doug came in and we, it was so grassroots and local and we're talking about families and kids that are that are you know given sweat equity like crazy in the in, in the weight room and on the field and we're talking about their kids and and it just it it I think it's so important our news the local newspaper doesn't do anything anymore with 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 high school sports very little and so when we're able to then tell the stories and theater as you know or um, radio as you know is theater of the mind Right. So how do we sell that and how do we let people know what it's like to be on the sidelines of the All-Star Game, to be at, at to meet with the people at Children's Hospital, to go into the Hall of Fame? You know, those kind of things when we're on the phone and Tom and those these guys are talking about the phone calls they made to people that are going to the Hall of Fame. That's golden. Like that is just I, I get more calls from people saying, man, I don't even know that coach from, you know, Amherst. But boy, he sure sounds like a great guy. So I loved what we were doing. And, you know, the fact that they they wanted to be able to pull it. I'm, I'm happy that I heard was uh, was was very aggressive to get me over there to, to put these shows on on the airwaves with them. Yeah, let's let's talk a, a little bit about. I mean, you have so much radio history, Mike, and you've done so many different things on the radio, so many different variety of shows. Um, kind of give us your I don't know your your history. You, you know, sure. how did you get involved in this stuff, and and you know what was your motivating factor at the very beginning to do it in the first place. So I was, um, we, we switched from a Christian station to a sports station, and I went to a program director back then and said, we should do a high school basketball show. I was coaching basketball at Dominican at the time, and he said, uh, no. Uh -uh. So I put a business plan together, went back to him and put it in front of him and said, we should do a high school basketball show. And he went, no. Uh -uh. Then a part-time on-air person 
went to him and said, we should do a high school basketball show. And he said, that's a great idea. Talk to McGivern, he's got some ideas. Well, back then, the politics between sales and being on air was really very thick. Nobody ever crossed over. And so they they had these two part-time guys do a high school basketball coaches show. And I tuned into the first show. And they had a coach on who said he coached basketball at Dominican. And I'd been there eight years, and I'd never heard of the guy. And so I just – I left the show and never went back. And, well, with – um Four weeks left in that show, they fired these guys because they kept talking world wrestling instead of basketball. And they came to me on a Thursday night and said, we want you to do the show on Saturday. And I said, what does that mean, do the show? They said, we want you to host it. I said, I've never talked in a microphone. I have no interest, but thank you. And Sparky was the guy that said, no, 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 come on. You got to give this a shot. You might be really good at this. So I did the first show and it went really well, Tom. Second show was an absolute train wreck. I mean, it was, I had tears coming down my face when I got to the parking lot. Two of my guests didn't pick up their phone. And my co-host said, I don't know anything about high school basketball. Let's talk about our favorite high school movies. And I said, those guys got fired for world wrestling stuff. He said, you got, you have eight minutes. You're on your own. And we're back. Go. So I had a banter by myself for eight minutes. And what happened because of that, I get prepared for, for a show way different than anybody. I mean, I am five o'clock on Saturday morning. I'm on and I've got everything come home improvement. I can talk about roofing for an hour. I can talk about high school baseball for two hours. Faith in the Zone, another show that I do. So I do three shows now, Tom. Um, my home improvement show goes from eight to nine. High school sports from nine to 11 on Saturday. And then Sunday from eight to nine, a show called Faith in the Zone, where I talk to men and women all over the country that have been involved in sports and will share their faith and their testimony. And so I get prepared like way differently than I did that second show because it was a nightmare. <laughs> Paul? Tom, Tom knows this. I, I'm a person that ultra prepared. I mean, I, I did an extensive background search on you. You started coaching when you were 17. <laughs> 17. I did. High school, coaching sixth yep. grade basketball. I did. I mean, how did, did you know that you wanted to? I mean, not only do you talk about these shows, but I know you have a lot of background. I mean, you're big into Christian values. Yes, yes, that. sir. And Very I, much I, I just eventually answer to me where you got the home improvement stuff from. Were you working for yeah. a contractor? Nope, nope. So I, I'll tell you how this happened, Paul. And that's really funny. Um, my mom was a big time high school basketball fan. And I was, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade, something like that. And it, she didn't like to go out and drive when it was raining, much less snowing. And we were getting a pretty good snowfall here in Milwaukee. <clears throat> and it was a Friday night, about six o'clock. She said, get in the car. And I'm like, wait, what? She goes, we're going to a high school basketball game. And she drove over to uh, 35th in Wisconsin to Milwaukee Marquette. And they were playing Racine St. Catharines, and it was Jim Jones against oh, yeah. Allie, Allie McGuire. Yep. And we got up, up the stairs where the, the desk was, and the kids said, I'm sorry, it's sold out. And my mother said, no, it's not. And he said, ma'am, it's sold out. And she said, I want to talk to your boss. And he said, I, I'm just, I don't have a boss. And he said, just you guys go in. If you want to stand on the top of the bleachers, be my guest. And we stood there. Uh, my mother and I, and watched this game. And the electricity in that gymnasium 
when St. Catharines came out, Milwaukee Marquette, it was a great game. I can't tell you who won, but I knew it. I get, look at it. I got goosebumps on my arms. I knew by the time I got back in the car that one way or the other, I was going to be involved in high school basketball. And I had a couple of knee surgeries in high school and I played Muni League and all that stuff. But I knew if I started at the grade school level, eventually I could get to the high school level. And that game at Milwaukee Marquette is what started the whole thing. And that's kind of that reminds me of of uh, Rick Majerus. I mean, he coached at St. Sebastian's. Yes. Then the Marquette High, and then the Marquette U. And then Utah. And he look. He was the guy we all wanted to be. Right. We. Yeah. You know, I go to Hard Park, and I would just watch him. He's running summer leagues, and people are. I didn't care about anything. I just watched him, and and I just wanted. That's who I wanted to be. And I got to the high school level and realized this is about as far as I can go. I got married, had kids. And, um, uh, but I, I thank you for bringing him up. The Majerus family foundation is, is yeah. doing great work in our community. And man, he, he was the guy, Tom, he was the guy I wanted to be. He was and, and, uh, Hey, Paul, I'm sorry. The home improvement show. I, I can tell you that, um, I was in, I was in Indiana or Michigan watching my son play and the, the uh, program director called me. Uh, we, my wife and I were in a hotel and he said, Hey, I want you to think about something. What you did for that high school basketball show. We want you to do it for the home improvement show that we've been trying to do. And I burst out <laughs> laughing and I said to my wife, they want me to do a home improvement show. And she said, do they know you at all? <laughs> and I said, um, I said, look, I don't know anything about home improvement. They said, that's okay. Let's see what you do with this. And so it became kind of like a joke. Like I know who to call, but I, I don't really know how to do much of that stuff. If you just yeah. go hang out at Lowell's and you know Home Depot and just ask questions, yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't. I just started bringing guests in and would ask them. But I have to tell you, Paul, after that second basketball show, that was a nightmare. You know how hard it was to get prepared to talk about um, remodeling a master bath for an hour? <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it was in the beginning. I had sweat coming off my eyebrows, man, doing that show. And now the people, at least now with the people I have coming in, and we've been doing it for so long that I, at least I have a template on what I did. If I talk to somebody about roofing for an hour, I can go back and get my notes to talk about it. With the next guy, Paul. You know, I, I I listened to you and Tom on the show. It was nice because once you know the internet is a great thing. You you could stream things on internet. The internet. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I I loved what you guys did in the show because you had some great guests. And for somebody like me, it was very much like you two. I just like to find things out. Um, what I I know you've coached. You coached a little football. You coached a lot yes. of that. Yes. What would you say are some of your highlights in your coaching career? You know, I um, I was lucky enough to, to win six state championships and three in the Christian schools and three in the WIAA. And it's interesting. I, one of the highlights for me, and, and, and I was talking about this not too long ago, the three years that I coached my son at Calvary Baptist High School in Menominee Falls, we had 67 kids in the school and I called this the Caucasian invasion. We had seven boys that would go anywhere that I told them to go and play. 
And they didn't understand when we're going down to the Milwaukee Science Academy or we're playing, you know, we're playing Milwaukee Hamilton. They didn't care that Hamilton has 2,000 kids. They just knew that coach said he'd get us free pizzas if we beat them. And they went out and beat some teams that they should have never beaten, but they weren't afraid. They just played. And coaching my son those three years was so much fun that I do. Paul, I got to be honest, I wasn't great that first year. Um, it took me, I, I wrote, I read a book called Coaching Our Sons and Coach Tank in Dodgeville. He's a basketball coach, wrote this book. And I probably read it three or four times during the years I coached him because I needed to separate, okay, we're at the kitchen table now. I'm, I'm his father. I'm not his coach. I'm not going to rip him. How many turnovers did you have today? Can't do that. And I think that really helped our relationship. And, and I think he enjoyed playing for me a lot more his junior and senior year than he did his sophomore year. You know, that's one thing we, all three of us have in common. You coached your son. I coached my son. Paul coached his son, right? So we, we've all lived that, you know? And, 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 you know, hey, guys, if I asked you your highlights of coaching, I've got to believe that somewhere in that, in the top couple, would be coaching your son, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mike, I, I, I can't say that I handled that real well all the time. but uh, No, me neither. You know, it was. It was. Paul? Mike, I've read that book. Um, and so, I, you know, because it, it's definitely difficult coaching your kid. It is. Horrible. It says it isn't, is, is not really going into it with their eyes open. Because 100%. your son or daughter is going to be the spotlight of everybody because you're the coach. Right. And you're right. Um, I think everybody could benefit from that book in the sense of separate the two. Well, Paul, in that book, there's the good, the bad, and the That's really right. ugly stories. There are families that are, are broken up over this. And it shouldn't – I can tell you that, that that book really taught me that once we get to the kitchen table, after practice or after a game, I'm his father. And, you know, what we're not going to talk about it unless he brings it up. And there are times he'd bring it up. If, you know, if he had 20 and 10, you know, let's talk about the game, Pops. But if, you know, he had, he had eight and, and a whole bunch of turnovers, let's talk about what's going on in school. So, yeah, I, I, that book meant a lot to me. I think one of the things that I even knew before that book that really emphasis is the sport is one thing. The human being is another thing. Right. I think some people don't separate the two. Some of my favorite players didn't even make all-conference. Yeah, we're all yeah. football players, and and people go, "What do you mean?" I go, "That kid was one of the best human beings I've ever met, and I'd take that kid any day over anybody." But I think you don't get that way. When I first started coaching, the the, the W was the most important thing, correct. And then you start to realize what it takes to get to the W, and and everybody's W is different, right? Right. And that's hey, I, hey, hey, Paul, I'll tell you this, and you'll laugh at this. When I was coaching as a youngster, 17, 18 years old, um, think about back then how hard it was to videotape a game with these big cameras and the VHS tape. And a woman, a, a mother, um, taped a game, and I didn't know. And after she gave me the VHS tape and said, hey, I taped this for you, but please don't be mad at me. 
And I said, why would I be mad at you? I'd, I'd love to be able to watch. And she said, please, um, I didn't do it for the reasons that you think. And please don't be mad at me. She videotaped me, Paul. And I looked and I was a complete idiot. I was like Bobby Knight. I was yelling and <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. The next time I saw her, and again, I was 17, 18 years old, I hugged her and I said, can I keep this tape? And she said, you're not mad at me. And I said, I'm not. I, I, I let me apologize to you and I should apologize to every kid, every referee and every parent. And boy, I, I don't know her name, but if I could talk to her today, I would still say thank you to her. I listened to that interview in 2017 with the Madison Memorial coach. Yes. I told that story. Yeah. Uh, I think it was on a pod. No, radio was a radio show. I think it was his radio show that you told the story. But A podcast with Steve Collins. Yep. Yes, there you go. Podcast. It was a while. 2017 was the time. But I, I think, Mike, you've hit on a big thing back then. A lesson you've learned is a lot of people can't really self-evaluate well. And no. that's a big part of being a, a good father, a good husband, a good football coach, a good teacher, a good person. 100%. Can you imagine if at the youth level, because we get a lot of parents that are coaching at the youth level, if somebody, if, if, if these organizations said, listen, we're going to send people out to videotape you as a coach, we're not going to tell you when we're going to be there. But I, and parents, can you imagine videotaping some of the parents and showing them what, what they sound like and what they look like during the game? Because these are some of the nicest parents ever before they walk into the gymnasium and then they become crazy people. Like, I, I don't understand why you're doing this. The referee is 16 years old. We're just trying to get him so he'll continue to ref and you're yelling at him like, you know, like a crazy person, please stop. And they don't know because nobody, they don't see it. But if somebody would videotape it, we could change a lot of lives. I have to tell another funny story. I live close to the Polish National Church, and the priest is there, and super nice, nice guy in the world, until the Packers are losing, and he's watching in his garage. <laughs> and so one time I audio taped him. I'm like <clears throat> two houses away, and I can hear him screaming at the TV. And, and the same thing, this was quite a few years ago. He's a diehard Packer fan. I mean, he was alive during the Lombardi years. And, and he... And he goes, gosh, that's really, that's not good of me, you know? Right. And it, yeah, I'm just telling you that changed, it changed a lot. Um, and, and, and again, I thank her for having the courage to do that. And, you know, I benched her son. He never played it. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. <laughs> Paul, you looked at the, you all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? No, I didn't bench your son. I'm just kidding. Well, you know, and, and what we're talking about right now is, is, I don't say typical, but we certainly got into these kinds of discussions in the WFCA radio show, right? I mean, 100%. these are things, you know, all of a sudden we, we, we had the freedom to, with a guest to, to talk about things like this. And, um, you know, I always enjoyed that. I have to tell you, Mike, that the, the, the freedom that we had to kind of do what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it was, was fantastic. And, you know, it all comes back to you and, and, you know, how you sort of handle things, you know, like, yeah, I mean, maybe I booked the guests and, and, you know, all that stuff, but, you know, you're the one that got us in and out of breaks and you're the guy that set the temple and you're the guy that introduced the guests and, you know, all of that. And, and, 
you know, the, this human side that we are now, you know, seeing on this podcast sure. is, is how you are all the time. Hey, Tom, some of my favorite segments we ever did was when we had a segment that was free. That, you know, I yeah. loved having the guests, but that I could pick your brain and, and just say, let's talk about this. Hey, Tom, what do you think about this? And Tom, do you, why, why are you doing this? And, and those for me were really the, the, some of the more fun segments, because if we had it open, then that allowed me to start to dig into your brain and ask you questions about building a program or about going to this school and trying to help them do this or, you know, trying to go, you know, the years that, that you were at Arrowhead a couple, you know, that would, those were really interesting to me because you're used to being a head coach and I wanted to kind of get into the mindset how do you like being an assistant? Because that's not for everybody. I was right. both. I was a better assistant coach than I was head coach. I, I was. I 100%. I played the good guy role much better. Um, I, I could I could get these kids to play better. I could deal with the parents when I wasn't the head coach. When I was the head coach, I don't think I handled all of that very well. But I liked talking to you about that. How are you feeling about this? Being the assistant is different. And you were like, man, I, it is. I, I I enjoy being a head coach. I can tell you that. That's what yeah, you well, I Yeah, and, and I have learned, you know, and I, I am a much better head coach than I am an assistant coach without question. Hey, so, hey, Paul, can I tell you a funny story that I heard about Tom real quick? He was coaching football, JV football at Dominican. And they were about <laughs> to have, they were about to have a winning season for the first time, maybe ever. And yeah. uh, they were losing to Milwaukee. My first Luther, year, like, my first year coaching. Yep, seventy nine. Losing to Milwaukee Luther like fourteen to six or something at halftime. And uh, I had a buddy of mine that was on the team, and and Swiddle said, "We are not losing to these Lutherans. We are not going to lose to these Lutherans today." <laughs> and I just, I'm telling you, I still laugh every time I think of. I can see Swiddle talking to these boys from the Dominican saying that. Well, and we won. So and you we won. didn't win that game and had a winning record with, you know, that's when I knew I was, I probably had a future in coaching. I took a group of kids my first year, had no experience coaching right out of college. And they didn't win a game the year before as freshmen. And I got these guys and, and we ended up being five and four and, and, you know, I had a great time. And if, you know, the rest is kind of history. I haven't stopped here. It is 45 years later. I'm still coaching. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Paul. Uh, I know we're getting short on time here, and we've got plenty of things to talk about, but, Mike, I just want to know over your career, and you've had about, what, 37, 38-year career? Yes. Mm -hmm. what, what, are, what are your concerns right now with high school sports? I'm not I'm – basketball, football, whatever it is, what are, what are you seeing that we've got to address in the future? You know, a couple of things um, with that. One, we've kind of talked about a little bit with parents – um, in you know how they how they represent their families and their schools and their kids, I, I, I get worried about that. Another thing I get really worried about is kids specializing in one sport, especially on the girls' side right now, more than the boys' side. You know, girls' volleyball taking away a lot of kids that could play high school volleyball. They could be playing high school basketball, playing softball. They're 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 getting. Look, if you want to play at the next level, you have to do this full time. And that scares me a little bit because you, you see the numbers in high school girls sports starting to dwindle a little bit.
because girls are playing for their select or their travel team year round with this thought, if I do this, then there's this, there's this, you know, at the end of the rainbow is this pot of gold. And I don't know if, if people are telling them the truth when it comes to that. I think playing two, three, four sports at the high school level, not only, not only makes you a better competitor and a better athlete, I believe, but you, you take full advantage of what the high school, these are your buddies. You're going, you know, you're in grade school with them. You're in class with them. All the kids in your school come to cheer you on. And the most important thing at high school is what's on the front of the jersey. You get in travel part I, I, in select teams and stuff. It's more about individual. I want to be seen by college coaches. I want a scholarship. I want to go to this school. I think I'm better. I'm going to the NBA. You're five foot eight. You're not going to the NBA. Go play football. Go play baseball. Run track. Wrestle. You know, all of that. And that, you know what, Paul, that's starting to make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, you even see talking about dwindling numbers, and and sometimes it be, it comes from that youth experience. You know, these kids they play volleyball, let's say for you know three or four years on some club team, and and you know the, the, maybe they're not on the premier club team or whatever, and and now they decide as as freshman high school, you know what, I I probably never going to play, or I'm not even going to make the they don't even try out, you know. Okay. So from our WFCA show, Coach Buddha talked about how they do things in his area. They don't do tackle football until freshman year. And he said, if I've got 35 kids in seventh grade, I'm going to have 35 kids in eighth grade, and I'm going to have 35 kids try out freshman year. And I I was so impressed with that because I thought, wow, if he's able to keep those numbers until these kids develop a little bit physically, and he said, look, we don't lose any kids, and kids aren't afraid to start hitting by the time they're 14, when they're nine and 10, if they get, if they get rung up a little bit, they get hit pretty hard. They might be done and we yeah. lose that kid. So yeah, that's one thing that I learned from the WFCA show that he, 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 he's, he had this way he was going to do it. And he certainly had a lot of success in high school football. Boy, has he ever. And um, he's going into, by the way, the national hall of fame next summer and well-deserved, that is for sure. You know, when you look back at our show, uh, Mike, we, we had so many different guests, so many types of different guests. Th- did any stick out to you? Like, when you think about some of the people, we had some repeaters. You know, we had, you know, Wade Lebecki on numerous times, right? And, right. and you know, I mean, just always, anytime we had a WIA question, Wade was so um, good with his time to be on with us. Um, who are some of the people that kind of stick out to you? Um, we had Paul Christon, and yeah. that was um, that was really that was fun for me because I'm a huge fan of his, and what a good man! You know, more than a football coach, and he's a great football coach, but what a great man he was, and and quiet and humble, and you know, he's the kind of guy that could be pounding his chest. Um, speaking of guys that pound their chest, um, you know, Pat Cerrone. Pat Cerrone, you know, I love Pat, but Pat would, Pat would get after a little bit and two different ways to skin the cat, obviously. Um, but Paul was a little quieter and Pat was, man, he was getting after it on, on our show and I enjoyed him as a guest. Um, there was a number of guys, man. I, the, 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 each time that we did that Hall of Fame show, that was really special. It was because to be able to make that announcement, I loved 
that show in particular out of all the shows we've done each year that we were able to do that. I really look forward to that. And talking about Pat Cerrone, I literally just got a text from him in the last half hour while we were doing this show. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, he's, hey, in town. Told- he's in town for another week or so before he heads back down to Alabama. Hey, Paul, I've told this story, but I have to tell you, um, speaking of my mom who passed away a couple years ago, I, on my regular football show, we I had Pat Cerrone on. And I, my mom started calling my phone. And so we went to an early break and I ran outside and to call her to see if she was okay. And she said, yeah, I'm fine. I don't like this guy. And I go, what? She goes, he's too <laughs> cocky for me. I wouldn't play for him. And I said, mom, he's not trying to recruit an 87 year old woman with a bad knee. And she said, Michael, you go back on the air and you tell him I said that. I said, you got it, mom. So I went back on the air. I said, Pat, I just talked to my mom during the break, and she told me to tell you that she thinks you're too cocky and she would never play for you. And he said, what's your what's your mom's name? I said, Joan. He said, Joan, when you win as much as I do, you get to be a little cocky. She was calling me like I wouldn't even <laughs> pick up. I wouldn't pick up because she wanted on the air to yell at him. Oh, God, Paul. I know Pat very well. I knew when he was a defensive coordinator in Milwaukee, I think Catholic Memorial, I think it was. Yep. Um, and I knew him when he first became the inter coach at Oshkosh, and he, he, he's, he's got a swagger about him. He does. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, and you let my mom know that he used to call the reason. I used to call him the mad Italian, but he used to get mad at it. <laughs> well, those, you know, those kind of things, when, when I look back at doing the show, Tom, those are the, the ones. And then each year we would have on, you know, guys that cared so much about football and their community from different parts of the state. And it just was, for me, it was really fun. And again, radio, radio is theater of the mind. So when they're talking about their area and their town and how everybody comes out and I, I, I just, I thought it, it really highlighted the sport really well, not only in our area, but throughout the state of Wisconsin. You know, and, and we tried to do that, right? I mean, we, you know, obviously the station we were on was in southeast Wisconsin, and it, it had kind of a southeast Wisconsin flavor to it maybe. But at the same time, you know, we were able to get, uh, you know, people from around the state. We, we made sure of that, you know, that we weren't leaving out the north or the west part of that or the <laughs> northeast Wisconsin or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that helped us build our listenership you know, and, and, you know, people that tuned in and yeah, they might not have been able to hear it live, but at the same time, they had the opportunity to go on to the, the radio station website or the WFCA website and listen to the show after it was done. You, you know, two guys that I should have brought up right away um, that, that you introduced me to that I just have so much love and respect for is, is Doug Sarver and Dan Brunner. And, you know, when when Doug Sarver, when the WFC and the WIAA started to work together, you remember that process? Oh, yeah. and Doug kind of led that charge. And Doug, Doug has the perfect temperament for that, right? Doug's just like, okay, let's just quiet down. Let's just get this done. How do we get this over? <coughs> excuse me. How do we get it in the end zone? <coughs> and Doug was the perfect guy to, to spearhead that. A guy like me, I'd be crazy and yelling all the time. And Doug was just the kind of guy that moved things forward. And certainly when Dan Brunner came on, he just he makes me laugh a lot. 
And he has some great stories about Hartford and his son. And um, I just enjoy those guys a lot. So I did not want to leave this, this uh, podcast without naming those guys. Paul? I often told Doug he should have been a priest because he has a temper- temperament. That's incredible. He doesn't, you could tell him, yeah, I just killed somebody. He'd be like, okay, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you never yeah. had to tell him that, did you? Oh, no. I, I, oh, yeah. I, mean, he, I, I know him really well. I host the uh, all-star uh, meeting up here. So he comes up here all the time. And so I, I get a chance yeah. to talk to him. And we well, joke do, do, I hope you never have to tell him that you just killed somebody. But he will. You put his no, arm I, around you. I was joking around. Okay, what's our next step? Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get forgiveness. Yep, yeah. a lot of forgiveness. He, he would he would be the guy I would want to go into the confessional with, you know, like when the when the panel slides open and there there's Doug Sarver. I'd feel a heck of a lot better <laughs> than yep, I agree. other times. Well, yeah, Mike, yeah. tell us what you got going on right now. I mean, you sure. you transition, you're in a new part of your life. Um, you know, you yep. you've done so much. Um, I, I hope you have time to enjoy things because you're always so darn busy. You know, I, um, my wife and I started dating the day after we graduated from Mesmer High School. She called and asked me out, and we've been holding hands ever since. We bought one house, and neither one of us likes change much. Well, in November, we sold our house and bought a condo in Pewaukee. I quit my job at the end of the year, started my own company, the McGivern Agency. Um, we just had a grand, our first granddaughter a week ago. We have five oh, grandsons. Congrats. Five grandsons, one granddaughter. And so there's been a lot of change here the last six or seven months. And it's been really good. I'm starting to embrace change a little bit more. I left the radio stations, started my own company. I had a number of clients that came with me. And so um, back on, on the air doing the home improvement show and the high school sports show. So 8 to 11 on the iHeartRadio app or 9.20 a.m. if you're here in Milwaukee. And then the Faith in the Zone show we record during the week, and it airs uh, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. And this time of year, Tom, without doing the WFCA show, I did baseball one week, and then I picked a sport that nobody talks about. So we guess. did – go ahead. I was going to say lacrosse. We did lacrosse one week. We did swimming one week. Oh, we did wow. track and field. We did golf. Tom, I did bowling for an hour. <laughs> I t- I, other than if the lane is dry, what kind of ball do you use? What I go, I went back and listened and thought, oh boy, I talked about bowling for an hour. But the kid that I had in got a scholarship to Lindenwood, which oh, has wow. a big bowling program. The kid from Greenfield's yeah. getting a scholarship because he's about a 235 bowler. And so we, that's what we've done now. And, and now we'll transition this Saturday. We're talking to, 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 to ex high school athletes that are still chasing their dream. So we have two kids that are in juniors hockey. They're 19 years old and they're, they're trying to continue their dream and get to a division one school. I've got two golfers that are golfing. Now one is still in high school and his sister's in college and their dream is to play on the tour. And, and, get, and go to college and play. Um, I've got a baseball player that uh, played at university school and used to play for the Lakeshore Chinooks, but Lafayette shut him down because he's a pitcher and they had a pitch count for him. And his, his goal is to get an education and, and possibly play major league baseball. So we're gonna talk to guys and kids 
that are chasing their dream, and then we'll transition to the football a week later. Wow. Paul, you had your... Well, it's funny you say that. We have a bowling team at our high school here, and it's probably not big in Milwaukee, but we have trap shooting. Well, trap... trap Yeah, hey, Paul, here's the other one that I just... Somebody just told me about. The, The big fishing... We have it too. And not, not only, and then ice fishing. And I said, like, what am I going to ask in ice fishing? What kind of bobber do you use? Like, I really, but, but fishing is huge. And if I had another week, I'd probably do trap shooting for an hour and fishing for an hour. Um, the day you called me one time and I was out on yeah. the lake yeah. four years ago, that was the ice fishing world championships uh, were held there. Man. Man. Yeah. No, hey, well, Paul, I'm, I'm going to call Paul if I need a guest for the fishing show. Well, I can Please do. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He is a huge fisherman. I, I can't even tell you how many pictures Paul has sent me of his, his catches, these huge fish, <laughs> you know, that you know, I could help and, you out. Okay. I'm just being honest. I've never fished in my life. So, you know, I. Hey, well, uh, hey, hey Paul, I had a guy on Faith in the Zone. His name is Mark Rose. And Mark is a professional bass fisherman. I see him on TV a lot. Yeah. And he he it was so fun to talk to him. And, and he talked about he, he started this Bible study on the Sundays because that's that's the big day. If you get to Sunday, uh, that means you're one of the final 10 or whatever. And he would do a Bible study before these guys were getting a boat because he was missing church that day. And we talked more about his love. For, for he said, look, I don't even eat all that much fish anymore. I just love catching them. And then I release them and send them back. But man, I just love it. And it's something that he would do every day uh, for hours if he could. Isn't that amazing how through sports, how people are connected through sports. I have a brother on the professional walleye circuit. He's an alternate. So, I mean, you, you just, you just, it's crazy what, how the connection continues. Yeah, well, I, I agree. So you guys know I'm going to transition into professional eating. Okay, that's going to be my niche. I'm going to yeah, go man. eat some hot dogs. <laughs> you let well, me Mike, know. Yeah. Hey, Mike, you can't imagine how um, happy I am that you were able to join us. This has been so much fun. And to, to reminisce about the WFCA radio show, um, you know, we had a great nine-year run with that show. And I can tell you that the WFCA is very appreciative of all your efforts on the behalf of the WFCA and behalf of high school football in the state of Wisconsin. And, and one thing that we didn't mention yet in the podcast that I do want to mention right now is that uh, Mike was honored in 2017 by the WFCA when he received the Dave McLean distinguished service award. And there's no way you couldn't have listened to this podcast and understand why Mike uh, got that award. I mean, all the things you have done, your name is synonymous with, with high school sports in the Milwaukee. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. During the move, the bottom picture kind of fell and we got to get that fixed, but you can see what that meant to me, Tom. Yeah. You know, when you look in my office here, you know, I've got um, pictures of people that I would only pay to see play one more time. So Paul Molitor and Brett Favre and Reggie White, and Josh Gossard, believe it or not, people go, why do you have Josh Gossard? Because I love watching him play basketball. But that is right there. And that's, you know, I walk into my office and that's the first thing I see. And that that day, I tell people you can't cry on my radio show, but I cried 
that day. Yeah, that, that, and I was just going to say, Mike, honestly, if if I were to pick my favorite day, my favorite segment that that we ever had on the radio show, it was, was the day when we were doing the Hall of Fame uh, show where we were telling who was going in the Hall of Fame, and Bob Rezowitz was with me. And, yeah. and you and we were just talking and you know you were trying to wrap it up because you're all we got to go we got one minute yeah there we go yeah we got to wrap it up we got a commercial <laughs> break coming up and we go we got one more thing to announce oh you go what's that and we we told you that you know you were going to be the dave mclean distinguished service award winner and the look on your face and i mean you were speechless but I, I'm telling you, well-deserved, and, and just thank you so much for all the things you have done through the years for everybody that you've touched thank in your life. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that, and I'm glad that was your favorite show because the, I don't even remember what we talked about the second hour. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, all I know is I walked outside. I wiped tears away. My mom was calling. My And last, last story about her, she came up to that Hall of Fame. First thing she said to me was, what is this? And I said, she goes, there's a lot more people here than I thought. And she said, are you ever going to get in the basketball hall of fame? I said, I'm trying mom. And then you guys had me seated at the head table next to Paul Christ and his mom. And my wife <laughs> called me back. My mom called me back and she said, who put the seating chart together? I go, I don't know why. She goes, how are you sitting next to the head football coach at Wisconsin? <laughs> I go, Ma, that's a great question. I have no idea. I have no clue. So she just enjoyed it so much. And she didn't, I was put into the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. And she did, she wasn't around for that, but she would have really oh. enjoyed that. She loved up at the man, middle to that was a big night for her. She she really enjoyed that a lot. So thank you. Well, I'm yeah, I'm just so glad that your mom was able to enjoy that with you and your whole family was there. And um, you, you just, everybody in your family are just good people. And and you know that. So They are. Um, yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Well, Paul, um, any last words for our friend Mike? No, it's just these, these type of things are very special because you get a lifetime of experience and people don't always get a chance to, again, I've listened to you too. Um, I just wish more people would. And yeah, it's hard because there's so much out there, but it's been right. it's been very refreshing for me. These type of things rejuvenate you. They, they they show you that there's great things in the world. Amen to that. Hey, I'm gonna come up to Mosney and do a little fishing with you. Oh, anytime. Excellent. Yeah, maybe I'll drag Swiddle. He's never fished, so I've maybe, never fished. Maybe not. I didn't even man. know how maybe to put a fish on a, a worm on a hook, man, much less a fish on a hook. You know, Mike, I gotta so. tell you, we also have some great eating places up here, so Swiddle will fit right in. We fit, you know <laughs> well, what? We'll yeah, just, I mean we'll drop him off at the corner pub that you know, maybe he'll have a cold one and a couple burgers and we'll go fish for an hour. Well, he'll come, he'll have a walleye fish fry, he'll be okay. You'll be all right. I, I would do that as long as somebody else catches them, as long as somebody else prepares it. I will eat it. I promise you. <laughs> there you go. Well, Mike, I hope I run into you again very, very soon. I Anytime, really do. And, and again, thank you. I I can't tell you like personally how much you've done for me and shown me the ropes of, of radio and, and giving me really the courage to take on a podcast. Um, I would never be doing this had it not been for you. Well, Coach, anytime, anywhere that, that you need me for anything, you know, I, I will do. I will be there to help in any way that I can. And, and you mean the world to me. I still tell swiddle stories all the time. So nothing <laughs> bad behind your back. 
and you know y'all kicked your coverage by a mile, your wife is way too good looking for you. <laughs> and she wanted me to say, you make sure you say hi to Mike for me. So I'm doing that right now. That's beautiful. <laughs> you tell her I say hello. I will. Thanks. Paul? Oh, definitely. Swiddle all kicked his coverage. He went <laughs> out of the stands. He did. And, and She's and just too God. nice for him. Across the parking lot oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I want to wish, wish both of you good luck. You know, Tom, I know you got your season starting. Mike, I know you got another radio season starting. I wish I you all the best of luck. And, and I will be listening and watching. Paulie, thank, thank you. you so it's, much. it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you also. You got it. Thanks, well, gentlemen, thanks, we are you bet, and and we're gonna we're gonna uh, move forward now and and end this podcast. We've gone over our forty five minute limit, but it was well worth it. And I want to thank uh, Mike McGivern for all he's done for the WFCA and for being on the podcast. I want to thank Paul Navinsky for all he does on the podcast. I could not do this without Paul. And I want to thank all our listeners. You you guys have, have been loyal. In 20 episodes, our, our listenership is going up all the time. And as always, should you have any comments, should you have any questions, any ideas for the podcast, don't hesitate to reach out to myself or Paul or Tom Yashinsky. And with that, we're going to sign off. So long, everyone. Mm-hmm.